0: Hello and welcome once again to Let's Talk Children's Books I'm Steve Munzer and in this series of podcasts I share thoughts and ideas about great fiction for young readers This week in my search for the best books I got on my bike and headed over to the Blue House Bookshop in York for a chat with Karen Walker The shop opened last October and provides a warm and welcoming environment for local people and visitors to the city. Karen has curated a lovely collection of books aimed at encouraging and cultivating children's love of reading. I started my visit by asking her if she wouldn't mind showing us around and explaining how the shop set out.
1: Well, we're really easy to find. We're just outside the city walls on Bootham, about two minutes from York Minster and just around the corner from the Art Gallery. We're in a Tudor building, and it used to be a small art gallery. And so I've tried to preserve that same kind of feel.
0: It looks amazing. When you walk in, it's so nice and well set out.
1: Well, the ground floor is mainly for the younger children. We've got the baby books, board books, picture books, and that's because a lot of our families that come in do have babies or young children. So it's perfect to bring the buggies in for them to browse like that down here.
0: What I really like here is a lot of the books are set out so that you see the cover. They're, they're nicely set yeah. out with the cover facing outward on the shelf.
1: Yeah, and the children, very often they'll walk in and recognise something by seeing it face on like that. And let's face it, the covers are so beautiful these days. It's a shame to hide them yeah. by putting them side on on the shelves.
0: So um, as we go further back here, you've got some novels there, middle grade fiction, have yeah, you?
1: Yes, we've got some uh, for the slightly older children just before we get to the stairs here.
0: A nice sparkly Jacqueline Wilson book, my mum, Tracy Beaker, yes. and took everlasting. That's a great story, that yes. one. Yeah. Coming into a bookshop is just such an experience, isn't it? This is the sad thing that these days there are lots of children who have never, ever mm. been inside a bookshop. And they don't know the magic and the everything about the whole experience of being in a yeah. bookshop. That's such a shame.
1: So, yeah, um, I want uh, the children to enjoy the experience of book browsing. Um, as you said, there's something about bookshops you can't get from any other kind of shopping. Yeah. Uh, and I want the children to feel that. And I think it's something that stays with you forever. If you enjoy book yeah. browsing, you always will, I think. So, And we're a small shop, as you can see. Um, we don't have oodles of stock. But also, I don't want the children to feel overwhelmed by choice, mm-hmm. which is something that families often say is it's great because they don't have too much to go at. So we try to keep a nice selection, uh, and then of course there's yeah. always the option to order in if we don't have what you want.
0: That is a, a, that is a great way. point. And there's a nice little carpeted area where the children can sit. Can't they look at the books, some yeah. seating where mums and dads can uh, can sit, and then over at the back there are those.
1: There's some hmm. young adult and grown-up books in that. Section okay. there, okay. so we do. We really do cater from naught to ninety nine. But right. predominantly, it's children's books. Right. But often, parents or or relatives will want to browse themselves while the children
0: are looking. So, okay. Well, let me have a sit down here, can't we? And uh, yeah. Have a little chat here. There we go. So. I think there are probably lots of people listening who are thinking, or have thought at some time in their life, I would love to own a bookshop. (laughs) And here you are, you've done it. You have your very own bookshop. So I just wondered if you would mind perhaps telling us, how did you come to open your own bookshop?
1: Well, I don't know when it started, but for as long as I can remember, it was always one of those things that every time I walked into a bookshop, I had this feeling of being home. And I would envy the person in that shop, that they got to spend all day there with the books. Then one day, we were just talking about making your passion your job, so that you never have to work again. And life was passing me by. And what had I always really wanted to do? Work with books. So that's what I decided to do. It was as simple as that, really.
0: Yeah, and so, and particularly children's books. I
1: think I wanted to give children a shop of books that I didn't have when I was young. I think. I didn't have access to many books as a kid. I wanted to have a children's
0: bookshop so that
1: other children would.
0: Are there any books in particular that are really special to you? Books that you love to see customers pick up?
1: I love it when customers pick up the children's books that have been translated from a foreign language into English. I don't really know why. I think it's maybe that different cultural perspective outside of our own, and I kind of think ooh, yeah, you're bookish, right. if they pick up one of these books. Um, like, Emile and the Detectives is a really popular book. Mm-hmm. I've sold a lot of those since we've right. opened. Uh, and that was written at the end of the 1920s. It's,
0: it's weathered the, uh, the years. <laughs> Absolutely,
1: yeah. Compared with existing literature at the time, it was unusual in that it was a realistic setting in a contemporary yeah. Berlin, um, and it wasn't sanitised in any way but the characters' deeds spoke for themselves.
0: So there must be millions and millions of books that you could choose from. I wonder if you could maybe tell us, you know, what is the process for choosing books to put in your bookshop? Do you look for the most popular titles, the bestsellers, or are there other kinds of books that you like to make sure that you keep in stock?
1: Well, it's a combination of things. I get the most satisfaction out of choosing what I think someone else will enjoy. I keep in mind little things customers have said about themselves or their children, and I often think about them when making choices. Um, So, you know, oh, so-and-so is struggling at the moment with words, and she was dressing as Little Red Riding Hood on World Book Day. and So in that particular case, I chose Wolf in the Snow by Matthew Cordell with this little girl in mind, and Mum was thrilled with it. And that gives me enormous satisfaction so i kind of curate to my customers tastes and my own because the rest of the time i just get to choose what i like
0: that's so, that's brilliant and once again you know this is another reason for having bookshops isn't it that yeah. okay you can get it in a way you can go on good reads you can read reviews by other people but to have somebody in a bookshop who who yeah as you say is is has that listening ear and then can respond by yeah. ordering in those kinds of books
1: I I do listen to trends, um, but to be honest, most of my customers that come in here aren't coming in for popular titles, So although I have to carry some of them because some children will only read those.
0: So, uh, I mean, you've kind of answered this a little bit in that you said that when you were growing up, you didn't have the experience of lots of books around the home. Can you kind of remember at what point in your life you did get switched on to, to books? You know, was it through school? Was it through uh, other children talking about their experience of books? How did that come about?
1: Well, my memory of childhood reading is Enid Blyton and A.A. Milne, and that's about it. As I said, I didn't have access to many books. We had a collection of Charles Dickens books that had been my grandfather's. wasn't interested in those at that point collection of Agatha Christie books that were my dad's, I wasn't interested in those. Um, We had a a local library that I used to go to with my mum, but that closed down during my childhood as well. So I was actually 16, really, before I started reading for pleasure. Because even at school, I can remember two books that we read at school over the bridge, and The Quiet American, and that's it, all I can remember from school. Do you
0: know what, Karen, that's really encouraging, because I think there'll be lots of people listening, thinking, my children, they just won't read books, they're never going to get to love books, and yet hearing you say that you were 16 (laughs) before you really came to books, I think that is an encouraging thing, that it is never too late, that there is always a chance that they will pick up a book and fall in love and, and want to read more. Yeah,
1: it only
0: takes one. With so many distractions these days, things like the, the internet and tablet devices and video games, um, can you, are there any ideas, any tips, tricks that you've picked up or that perhaps customers have shared with you for getting children more interested in reading good books?
1: It's, it's really difficult. I mean, I think introducing books to children as early as possible is key. And if they become part of a routine, they become a natural go-to. Um, children learn by example too so if they see a parent reading it makes reading a kind of fundamental part of their growing up and um, once that reading seed is planted it's often mm-hmm. lifelong uh, as you said off, uh, there's huge distractions these days around social media etc and once they get to a certain age it's harder to control the extent of their use in that but that's when you hope that the reading seed is established and yeah. they might fall back on their books for some kind of a relief from the, the quasi-reality of online yeah. life um, but books that focus their interests or passions might help motivate them to read about them. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a particular book called Disconnect by Karen David in which a group of children are challenged to stay off social media for six weeks for a large financial Ooh.
0: reward. <laughs> oh, OK, there was a reward.
1: <laughs> uh, so that would be a great read for social media addicts. And it's published by Barrington Stoke, who specialise in books for reluctant readers. So it's a perfect
0: okay. book. Well, there's a great tip. I didn't know that. Barrington Stoke are uh, catering. Yes, specifically for, for those did. kinds of, of kids. Yeah, at
1: yeah. Readers, Dyslexia. Right. Yeah, yeah they're brilliant books. Loads of topics, yeah. lots of brilliant authors that we all know and love, 250 of them, I think.
0: And just going back to something you mentioned earlier about children seeing their own parents reading, it reminded me of a, a survey that was done uh, years ago where that's exactly what they found out that it wasn't to do with the number of books that are available in the house it was to do with whether or not children see their parents picking up a book and reading for enjoyment so I guess there's a lesson there for us all that if we want our children to read then we need to be sitting and, and reading for, for enjoyment and perhaps then they'll think oh, there must be something in that there's something in that book that's worthwhile
1: I find as well that I often become interested in a book because I've read about the author and so I want to learn about what they're writing. So for me at the moment, um, I've just found Leonora Carrington, who was born right. in Chorley in Lancashire, okay. but spent most of her life in Mexico. Wow. And, yeah. yeah, so I've bought her biography and a copy of The Milk of Dreams, which is a collection of her paintings that she painted on her walls in Mexico for her children. Right. Um, she was a bit of a maverick surrealist. So, yeah, so I think sometimes... If you are interested in a person, you might be interested in what they've Mm
0: -hmm. done. I know I am. I think I've found that too, yeah. If I've met somebody and then I've found out that they have written a book or I I go to an event and I meet up with the author, yeah, definitely, it does make a difference, doesn't it? It when does, you, yeah. you feel as if you have a connection with them, yeah. um, particularly if you've heard them talking, speaking and, and sharing some of those experiences. So she certainly sounds like a, a great one to, uh, to to read about.
1: Well, I've got downstairs, I've got the book called Out of This World, by Michelle Markle and Amanda Hall and that's about Leonora County, but that's a picture book for children. Okay. And I think if you introduce children to art and artists through books, it well, it's just a, a brilliant way of giving them a well rounded understanding of culture. Yeah. If they're reading about it.
0: And yeah, and like, as you were saying, books that you like are often the ones that have been translated from another language because then you're getting something of that culture, aren't you, coming yeah. through? Yep. Um, that's not going to get lost in translation. You know, yeah, that, that's going to that's be carried through in, into the English translation. So, Right, we on to our final question now. So. <laughs> <laughs> OK. If an author walked in right now, who would you love it to be and what do you think you might say to them?
1: Well... Pam Ayers did come into the shop just oh, after really? we opened, okay. um, and I love Pam I've always loved Pam I adore her. She's a brilliant poet, and she was a really lovely lady, and really just outdid my expectations by a mile. But I actually have a, an Andrew Motion story,
0: mm-hmm.
1: so it's not about if somebody came in, it's when I actually met him when he was Poet Laureate.
0: Right.
1: He was having a reading at my daughter's school and I got there quite early to bag a table near the stage and Andrew being shown around by the head and we got introduced. And during the wine interval, because I was a familiar face, Andrew came to sit at my table. And I got to discuss poetry, because I was writing a bit at the time.
0: I bet you couldn't believe your look.
1: Um, can you imagine <laughs> discussing your poetry with the Poet Laureate? With the Poet Laureate. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it was surreal. Uh, he was incredibly gracious and listened to me rant on about the stuff I'd written in the middle of reciting his own work, and then he went on to recite Philip Larkins after that yeah. interval. So it was pretty mm-hmm. brilliant. He was a real gentleman, um, and I bought a copy of his book, Public Property, Mm -hmm. at the time, and he signed it to one poet from another.
0: Yeah.
1: And it just didn't get any better than that for me.
0: It doesn't, your dream has already come true, Karen. It's already happened. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, can I just say thank you, thank you, thank you for um, letting me come in, have this little chat today. Uh, I know you're busy, you've got lots of things to do, getting books ordered and sorted out, so uh, thank you very much indeed. And I'm sure everyone listening will be fascinated by what you've had to say about books and uh, what it's like to be the owner of a children's bookshop. Aww, so, thanks Stephen. So, if you live in York or you're planning a trip there, make sure you call in at the Blue House Bookshop. You can also check out Karen's books online at thebluehousebookshop.co.uk. For my first book giveaway, I'm inviting listeners to submit the name of a young person they'd like to give a book to. Tell me which book you think they would love and why. I'll get Karen to pick it out and send it to them in the post. You can message me via the podcast link on my website at monza.co.uk. Next week on Let's Talk Children's Books I'll be talking with James Nicol about his Apprentice Witch series. I've just finished reading the first one and found every page enchanting so join me next Friday for a spell of charm and magic and in the meantime tell me about the books your kids are into. I'd love to hear.